Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the Circa Resort and Casino. It is My Guys in the Desert. Femi Abebefe filling in for Stormy Bonantoni. She will be back with us tomorrow. Of course, it's a fantastic Tuesday afternoon, and we've got a great show for you guys on tap. At 2.45, Adam Kramer, VEASAN's college football writer, to talk Week 15 Army-Navy Plus, a little early preview of the college football playoff bowl games, the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. Then at 2.30, Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director, joining us at 2.30. Like I mentioned here, we'll see what's going on behind the window. Any early action Week 14 in the National Football League. And at 2.15, Ariel Epstein of Yahoo Sportsbook Analyst, she comes on. She's the prop queen, so she's got an NBA prop for us, plus some early plays in Week 14 in, a little, in about a matter of moments. Trey Wingo, the Caesars Sportsbook Ambassador, joining us to talk all things National Football League. But first, before we get into all of that, we got to recap what we saw last night on Monday Night Football. The Patriots defeating the Buffalo Bills 14-10. New England wins as an Three-point underdog outright. Game goes well under the total of 40. 18 points scored in the first half. Just six points in the second half. Buffalo had a couple trips inside the red zone late, but came up empty. The Patriots' defense was absolutely stellar, allowing just 230 total yards to that Bills' high-powered offensive attack. The Pats' offense... They ran the ball 46 times compared to just three passes. Mac Jones, two for three for 19 yards. This tweet, I saw this earlier from James Palmer of NFL Network. The Patriots are the first team to win a game with fewer than three completions since the Broncos did it in week 11 
over the Chiefs, 17 to 10. They got that victory back in 2011. Just incredible to see that type of game played out last night. New England, though, more importantly, now has a one and a half game lead in the AFC East division at DraftKings. They're minus 265 to win the division. The Bills now plus 190. Patriots are the favorite to be the number one seed at DK as well. They are plus 150, while the Chiefs are plus 250 and Titans three to one. So joining us now is Trey Wingo, the Caesars Sportsbook ambassador and also the host of the Half Forgotten History podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Wingos. That's a Wingo with a Z at the end. Trey, appreciate you joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. I just listed off some of the odds for the number one seed at DraftKings in the AFC, and that's where I want to start here. Patriots plus 150, Chiefs plus 250, Titans 3-1, to one, Ravens 7-1, to one. Where would you put your money in terms of who you think will be the number one seed in the AFC? Uh, well, first, great to be with you guys, and uh, always good to be with you on behalf of Caesars and the Sportsbook app there. Um, it's, it's tough, right? I mean, the, here are the longest winning streaks right now in football. Uh, the Patriots have won seven straight, the Chiefs have won five straight, and the Dolphins have won five straight. <laughs> we can get to the Dolphins in a minute, because I think they're going to be a fascinating discussion down the stretch of the season, the way they're playing, but... Right now, I would still probably lean toward Kansas City. Uh, although, look, if this, what's so weird about the 17-game schedule is that most teams still have five or six games to play. Mm-hmm. And we're talking we're in the second week of December. So, or the first, you know, almost the second week of December. There's so much of the season left. Normally, we're taking up these last few weeks here and playoff seeding. Literally, we have almost a third of the season still in front of us. Uh, so much is going to be decided over the next five weeks. It's just incredible. Well, what was your biggest takeaway from what we saw last Sunday and Monday in week 13? Um, well, let's start with the most recent thing last night is that, you know, Bill Belichick has a philosophy that he's done his entire career. And it's very simple. He says, most games are lost instead of won. Let's not make the mistakes that are going to beat us. And let's, let's execute and let the other team make the mistakes. And, outside of the, the muff punt by Nikhil Harry where the wind was just all over the place and just skimmed off his helmet, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Patriots for the most part were mistake-free. Uh, and they just, uh, it was a close game. It was 14 to 10. I understand that. But, you know, the, the Bills' rush defense was sixth best in the NFL. Sixth best. Giving up just about 96 yards per game on the ground. And the Patriots were like, don't care. That's how we have to win this game. <laughs> we're not going to throw it all over the field. We're not going to do that. And they just gashed him right up the middle. Uh, time and time again, um, the, the, the thing that Bill is so impressive with is that he always he doesn't he doesn't want to find a way to win every week. He just wants to find a way to win this week. And knowing the weather, and knowing what was going on, and knowing how they play, he's like, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put this thing up in the air and bring in some odds that might not be in our favor. We have a good running game. We have a good defense. Let's stick to what we know, and I think we can out-physical them, and that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, we're speaking with Trey Wingo, Caesar Sportsbook Ambassador and host of the Half Forgotten History podcast. You've mentioned New England. They're minus 265 to win the AFC East. I don't want to say it's a lock, but they have the upper hand clearly yeah. on Buffalo with a game-and-a-half lead, and they get the Bills in Foxborough in a couple weeks. But are there any sleepers to win other divisions, whether it be in the AFC or NFC, that you're seeing right now with five weeks to go? Well, i, I tell you this. The Cowboys better hope they didn't mess around too much, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the Philadelphia Eagles are, are going to be a factor. And the final game of the year for the, for the NFC East is the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia in January. 
And the other quirk about the Cowboys' schedule here, and I know they're eight and four, and you know they had a big win over the Saints on the road with you know Mike McCarthy out, and Dan Quinn did a great job. But they they they've kind of messed around on a couple of that Raiders game. They never should have lost. They they sort of screwed that one up. They were completely flat against the Chiefs. They had a couple of the Denver game is somewhat unexplainable even though Denver has a pretty good defense, but you know, they, <laughs> you can't imagine that they're going to be shut out until the final two minutes of the, of the quarter. Yeah. The Cowboys have five games remaining. Four of them are division games. They've only played two division games. They played the Eagles in Dallas and they played the giants in Dallas. Now the giants thing is somewhat mitigated because we have no idea if Daniel Jones is going to see the field again this year, but they're going to have to play the Washington football team twice. And I don't know if the Washington football team is any good, but I know they compete like hell. And I've, Taylor Heineke is like Gardner Minshew light, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and they spill their guts every week for Ron Rivera. They love that guy, and he loves that team. They're going to be a tough out. And the Eagles, with the way they work with Jalen, and we saw what Gardner Minshew can do in a, in a pinch hit situation, the Cowboys might, that last game of the season might mean much more than they hoped it would mean uh, when they have to go to Philadelphia in January. Yeah, I think that's a game that a lot of people are thinking that Dallas could be resting. They'll have it all locked up. But like you said, it's a lot still left to be decided in that NFC East division. So let's go with that game between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Right now, the Cowboys four-point favorites, but some spots here in Vegas, I'm seeing three-and-a-half total sitting at 48. And the money early on in the week is leaning towards Washington. Is that where you would go with your money, or do you think that Dallas can kind of finally look impressive or more impressive than they've looked over the last few weeks? Look, Dallas has a better team, okay? I think, I think we can all agree with that. When yeah. you can line up, and, the, and they're getting healthy for the first time. I, the, the, the game against the Saints was the first time all year that essentially all their starters had been on the field because Zach Martin missed the first game of the year in Tampa with an injury. So they had Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, uh, Tank Lawrence. They had everybody on the field for the first time. And getting healthy at a very... Uh, very late in the season is such a bonus. And, you know, it, it, it's why the, the, the Saints are mired in such a five-game losing streak. They can't get anybody healthy. They can't get their, their tackles on the field. They can't get Kamara on the field. And obviously they haven't won a game without their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. So health is such a, an integral part of this thing right now. But if you look at the lineups, there's not – just look at the lineups. There's not one person that would say, oh, yeah, Washington has the better personnel. Washington has the better team. But they've won four straight games, you know, outside of those winning streaks that I've talked about. They're the next one. The football team has won four straight games in just a variety of weird, wonderful, ugly, gutty ways. Um, Dallas has more talent, but I'm not sure that Washington doesn't have more heart at this point. And at this point of the season, sometimes heart matters more than anything. Yeah, that's going to be a fascinating game kicking off 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. The afternoon game, kind of the premier late window game, is between the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a few weeks ago, we all thought that this could be a Super Bowl preview. Now the Bills are 7-5, and five, a game and a half back in their own division. They're three-point underdogs, some places three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Tampa, total 52-and-a-half. Is it time to panic with the Bills, or do you think they can bounce back in this spot? I think it might be time. I mean, I've been giving them excuses, you know, not excuses. I've been saying, okay, and everybody can have a bad game. You know, the Josh Allen beat Josh Allen game was certainly a bizarre <laughs> one. But, but, but since, since they started 4-1, and one, they're now 3-4, and four, and they put up some real clunkers on offense. They're, like, for example, last night, okay? Well, I, okay, I, I get it. You're not going to throw a lot. But why don't you put in more designed offensive runs with your quarterback who's 6'5", 250 pounds, and is strong and agile? I, I didn't see enough 
designed runs for Josh Allen in that offense last night. I mean, I think it would have really helped them if they had put some more of those in the game plan against New England and make them defend him in a different way. The offense, there are real offensive problems right now for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and the, the, the difference between, go look at the numbers between Tom Brady at home versus Tom Brady on the road. They're astounding. I mean, he is so much, I think he's thrown 20 or 21 of his touchdown passes at home and only three interceptions as opposed to, I think, 9 and 11 uh, on the road, or, or 9 and 8 on the road. It, it, the split is remarkable. He is a different team. They are a different team at home, and the Bills are a little shattered and battered right now. I mean, they, there was a lot of frustration in the postgame press conference last night with oh, somebody yeah. asking what I thought was a ridiculous question, <laughs> you know, uh, you know the way he the way he phrased that. You 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 go in there with that question to get a reaction. Yeah. You're not going there to report. You 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 want to you want to stick the needle in somebody. And I, I thought the players handled it about as well as they could. But they're they're on edge right now. Okay, they were everybody's number one favorite. You know, uh, and a lot of people thought they were going to take over Kansas City and and, and be the, the king of the AFC. Well. I hope they enjoyed that one year because it certainly looks like New England is back and they're not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> and Buffalo is Buffalo's teetering on the brink right now. If they if they get blown out in Tampa, then we have to talk about a real possibility that Buffalo might not make the playoffs. Might not make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, plus three thirty to miss the playoffs. He is Trey Wingo, the Caesar Sportsbook ambassador. Thank you, Trey, for joining us here on My Guys in the Desert. On the other side, Ariel Epstein of Yahoo to talk NBA props and NFL Week 14. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is my guys in the desert rolling along from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe in for Stormy Bonantoni. And joining us now, we have royalty in our presence she goes by the prop queen ariel epstein of yahoo sportsbook analyst joining us here on my guys in the desert you can follow her on twitter at ariel epstein ariel appreciate you first time we're doing this here over the air so thank you for joining us once again i want to start with the big game next week between the tampa bay buccaneers and the buffalo bills right now the bills three point underdogs three and a half in some places total in the low 50s where do you see the value whether it be on the side or the total the value is on the side the side that i already bet in this game i laid the three points with tampa bay i laid this before the bills lost last night solely because i thought maybe there's the chance that this could move to three and a half if buffalo lost the line never moved which is a little fishy the thing is i looked to all the home games this year for tampa bay They've been winning their games by at least 20 points when playing in Tampa. Also, the Bucks don't have anybody important to face after this. All they have to do is try to win out after this big game against Buffalo. They get the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, the Panthers. <laughs> Tampa Bay knows when looking ahead, this is the last big game that could help them potentially clinch that home field advantage in the NFC. Yeah, the Bucks right now are the favorite to come out of the NFC there, and rightfully so. You just listed off the schedule. They will be heavily favored in a lot of games coming up down the stretch. Now, you have plays involving all four AFC North teams this week, so I want to get to those in just a bit. But just from an AFC North division standpoint, who's the best bet to win this division? The Ravens are minus 150, Bengals plus 225, Browns plus 650, and the Steelers are 14 to 1, those odds courtesy of DraftKings. But who would be your best bet to come out of that division on top? 
Oh, see, it's funny. I didn't realize that I had plays on all the teams, but thinking about it, you're absolutely <laughs> right. The the team to win it is not the Ravens, considering there's no value at minus 150. Plus, Baltimore has no cornerbacks left. Their secondary's already been beat up with the loss of Marcus Peters. Now they lose another corner in Marlon Humphreys. I would probably go with Cincinnati as the value play solely because uh, offensively they've had the weapons to be able to chop up at a lot of these banged up defenses. The Browns aren't a bad option. I just don't worry. I worry too much about Baker Mayfield, their quarterback. I would say go with the Bengals if you want to play a value play in the AFC North. This thing's going to be crazy. The Ravens have to face the Browns again this week. They have to face the Steelers again later in the uh, at the end of the year. The Ravens have a really tough schedule down the stretch, including the Green Bay Packers. There is value in the AFC North for someone other than the Ravens to win it. I'm a diehard Ravens fan. I hate <laughs> saying that. I hedge my happiness. I would have to go with the Bengals being able to slice and dice all the defenses in the AFC North with players like Joe Mixon at running back and T. Higgins at wide receiver. They've got the weapons offensively as long as they can keep their quarterback, Joe Burrow, upright with that terrible offensive line. Yeah, you mentioned, I was going to say, it looks like you're hedging your happiness a little bit. The emotional hedge fading the Bengals, or rather fading the Ravens, I should say, in the AFC North. But let's start with the Bengals there, 49ers and the Bengals. You have a play in this one. Cincinnati, one point favorites with a total of 48 and a half. Who do you like in this game? Again, I don't love the line movement. However, CLV has never gone in my favor anyway this year. I'm taking the Bengals at minus one. I love Cincinnati in this spot because they're the fifth best defense against running backs. That's where the 49ers excel with their running back, Elijah Mitchell. The reason I would have flip-flopped on this bet and gone with the 49ers if their wide receiver Debo Samuel plays is because he can add the element that the Bengals can't handle. That's pass-catching running backs. Although Samuel's a wide receiver, he's been one of the best running backs in football this year, especially when it comes to catching balls out of the backfield. The Bengals allowed the fourth-most receiving yards to pass-catching running backs this year, and that's where San Francisco just won't be able to attack if Samuel's out this week. Bengals have the edge here, and San Francisco's better against the pass than they are against the run. Again, with Joe Mixon, he can run the ball all over the 49ers. Yeah, Joe Burrow's pinky in that game. It's uh, We'll see how he's going to play, but we'll see how he's able to deal with that pain. It looked like he was grimacing quite a bit when they were taking on the Chargers last Sunday. Thursday night football, it might, it might be an elimination game, Thursday night football. The Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Twin Cities to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings three-point favorites, total 43-and-a-half. Which side do you like and why? I like Minnesota at minus three-and-a-half. This could be because I'm a little mad at the Steelers, but uh, we'll just <laughs> pretend this has an analysis. No, I'm just kidding. I do like the Vikings. It's a tough spot for the Steelers. First of all, their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, has to go on the road on a short week. Since 2018, Big Ben is actually 2-4 and four when playing in primetime on the road. Straight up, not against the spread. Straight up. Also, the Steelers allow the fifth most rushing yards to running backs. Minnesota, whether it's Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison, both these running backs can do it all. They can catch balls out of the backfield. They can also run with it. And since that's where uh, the Steelers struggle... Well, I can't trust the other end of it where the Steelers could take advantage of Minnesota's bad pass defense who allowed the third most passing yards per game. However, do I really trust Big Ben on a short week who has a peck and a shoulder injury having about three days to practice? I don't trust them to be able to attack Minnesota's uh, to attack them with the deep ball. I'm going to say that the Vikings have a better shot at attacking the Steelers defense than the Steelers do at attacking the Vikings defense. I'm going with the Vikings. 
Yeah, that's a fantastic point there with Ben coming off of the short week and such it's such a buy low spot on Minnesota it was as such well. An emotional game too for the Steelers yep. solely because did you see at the end of the game all the coaches and players were running up to Big Ben who was on yeah. his knee. It looked like he was crying because it was going to be the last home game in Heinz Field that he had against the Ravens. Yeah, no, it's it, it was you can tell that they emptied the tank to win that game and effectively save their season as they try to make the playoffs here uh, under Mike Tomlin. Browns-Ravens, the other side of that Ravens-Steelers rivalry. This Browns-Ravens is kind of a fascinating schedule quirk there with Cleveland. They're playing Baltimore for the second time in three weeks, but they have that bye week in the middle here. Ravens, of course, coming off of the physical matchup that we saw last Sunday. Who do you think has the edge in this matchup between Cleveland and Baltimore? Cleveland has the edge, no doubt. I love how you phrased it. Interesting. No, no, no. It's not interesting. It's fishy. The NFL allowed for the, the Browns whole season to revolve around beating the Ravens. You get the Ravens, you get a bye, you get the Ravens. Who do you put in between that for the Ravens? You put the Steelers. This is just ridiculous. The Browns minus two and a half is the play. I know it's hedging my happiness again. However, not only did the Ravens just lose to the Steelers, emotionally that's draining. You also lost your next best cornerback in Marlon Humphreys for the year. Now you're without two corners. Harbaugh said after the game, the reason that he ended up going for two instead of going to overtime on a field or on an extra point was because he couldn't trust his defense to hold the Steelers. Mm. Now the Ravens have to go play a divisional game with two cornerbacks missing. I'm nervous for the Ravens defense this week. They finally started to look good. And now with their offense looking like trash and their defense not having their two best cornerbacks, I can't back them. I'm going to lay the points with Cleveland, especially because they lost two weeks ago to the Ravens. We're speaking with Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sports betting analyst, a.k.a. the prop queen. We'll get to her prop in the NBA in just a bit here. But real quickly, NFC East Divisional Showdown, Ariel Cowboys and the Washington football team. You're confident in one unit finding its groove once again. I am, and that's the Dallas Cowboys offense. They're going up against the Washington football team, who, yes, when they did have their best defensive player, Chase Young, you could say it was different. However, these teams first off combined for 3-0 over under in divisional games. Second, I'm going with that Cowboys team total over 25.5 at minus 135, solely because when I look at Dak Prescott's numbers when facing a bottom 10 defense in regards to touchdowns allowed, he has gone over this number in all four of those games. The totals here, 43 points against Atlanta, 33 points in overtime against Vegas, uh, 29 points against Tampa Bay, and 41 points against Philadelphia. All four numbers against teams bottom 10 in touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks in the air, passing touchdowns. Washington allows the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. Dak, he's going to go and put up about two, three, maybe even four touchdowns this (laughs) week. I'm taking the team total over on the Cowboys. Real quick here, Ariel, in about 20 seconds, your NBA plays in the Celtics-Lakers game. Which prop do you like? I love for the Celtics all-star Jason Tatum to go over his 11, or excuse me, his 37 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. The Lakers are bottom three in all three of those categories. All right. She is Ariel Epstein, the prop queen, Yahoo sports betting analyst here joining us on My Guys in the Desert. We appreciate you, Ariel. Best of luck tonight and in week 14 of the National Football League. Thanks for having me on. All right. How about that? She's hedging the happiness 
and going against the Baltimore Ravens, likes the Cleveland Browns. It is a tricky spot there with Cleveland having a bye week in between the two teams. You don't see that very often in the National Football League. On the other side, Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director, joins us to talk about the early money that they've seen in Week 14 of the National Football League. We'll get a peek behind the window at DK next here on My Guys in the Desert. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow the money is hitting the road this week. Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you are in the area, come down and meet the guys and be sure to tune in every day from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. That's out there in Ledyard, Connecticut. The guys have touched down in Connecticut, so make sure to check them out tomorrow morning starting at 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Speaking of DraftKings, well, the commish from last month, but he is Johnny Johnny Avello joining us, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director here on My Guys in the Desert. Johnny, thank you for joining us here this afternoon. And I want to start off with the contest. Now you guys have the football survivor pool, the Pick'em series. How are those going as we have five weeks left in the regular season? Yeah, for the Pick'em contest, which is all pros, five picks a week, uh, you get to take a week off. Uh, that right now, the leader uh, is at 70 Three percent. Wow. Um, yeah, his. Uh, I think his record was sixty. Uh, I kind of know. He's at seventy-three percent, but there was two guys behind him that were seventy uh, percent, and then there were two guys behind them that were at sixty-seven percent. So it's kind of kind of tight up there at the top. I know last week the top selections were the Cowboys minus four and a half. Um, that game went off a little higher than that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dolphins minus two and a half, 57% of the picks were on the Dolphins. That I know that went off higher than two and a half. <laughs> yeah. That was our contest number. And then the Chargers were third, followed by the Bills. Uh, they're the ones that, that got burnt on that one last night. For the Survivor Contest, there's 41 left at a 2,600. Uh, the Vikings uh, were one of the top picks. They lost. Dolphins were one of the top picks. Um, and the uh, Eagles and Rams. A uh, couple of picks that just maybe had two on them each, Seahawks, Chiefs, Cards, and Rams. So we're, hey, hats off to people still have, you know, 41 left this deep into the season. Yeah, that's impressive stuff right there. It, it's, it seems like it's easy picking games straight up every week, but it is harder than it looks. Uh, how did you guys do last night with the Patriots winning outright as three-point underdogs? And, of course, the game going under the total of 40. Yeah, we made a few bucks on it, uh, on the game itself, the total we lost on, and, of course, some of the props we lost on the, you know, the, uh, the amount of passes that were going to be thrown. Uh, the players were all over that, knowing that the 55-mile-an-hour win uh, was going to negate the passing game, which it certainly did for the Patriots, didn't it? Yeah, no, they two for three for Mac Jones. Uh, fewest passing completions we've seen in a victory since 2011. A really unorthodox style of game due to the weather. I'm looking at the Sp Super Bowl odds that you guys have right now at DraftKings. The Buccaneers are the favorite at plus 550. The Chiefs are plus 650. You have the Patriots and Cardinals at 7-1, to one, and the Packers at plus 750. What, which team are you most liable to in this Super Bowl futures market uh, down the stretch here? You know, this this uh, Super Bowl uh, future book looks a lot like last year's Super Bowl future. 
Um, we had a hazard on both the Bucks and the Chiefs, uh, and we have a hazard on both the Bucks and the Chiefs again. Now, there are some others in there that also have been played. Uh, Patriots are down now to seven. You could have had them at 30-35 just a few weeks back. Um, the Packers are also taking in some money. And the Cowboys, uh, who were a higher, much higher price when people were getting them, are down to 13. So that's where our hazards are right now. And, hey, we like the money coming into the pot. What you try to do is get that pot as big as you can because when it's all said and done, Femi, there's only one winner. Yeah, no, only one team can win here. Uh, I know Bucks patriots is the Super Bowl matchup that everybody is talking about. Everyone's dreaming about. I'm sure the TV networks are dreaming about a potential Bucks patriots Super Bowl right now at ESPN's FPI. They say that's the most likely Super Bowl matchup. How would you guys make out if the Bucks were to meet the Patriots in a Super Bowl here in February? It'd be a great game, but unfortunately, I don't want that matchup to happen. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, they're certainly right now, if they played, those two would, would uh, you know, two to beat it, two top choices. You know, Femi, we still have up the regular season wins. We adjust this every week. Uh, right now, we got Tampa at 12 and a half wins, and we've got New England at 11 and a half wins. So, wow. uh, and both, you know, pretty good juice on both of those going over. I think Tampa's at minus two and a quarter, and uh, pa- Patriots are at minus 165. So, according to the win total, uh, it looks like those teams are the ones that may be going that in that direction. One other team that has a higher total than both of them is the Cardinals. They are th- 13 and a half. Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought that heading into the season? The Arizona oh, Cardinals. coming. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. They were the, supposed to be fourth place in the NFC West. We're speaking with Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director here on My Guys in the Desert. Looking at the AFC number one seed market, first, do many people bet into these type of markets? I mean, you don't really see this one too often in the futures. The Patriots right now are plus 150 to be the number one seed. They have the Chiefs plus 250, the Titans at 3-1. to one. What's this market looking like for you guys? They do like to bet these markets because, you know, this thing has switched around quite a bit. And, uh, you know, you could have got the Patriots at a higher price. And now you're looking at the Chiefs at the second choice uh, at plus 250. And if you want to take some flyers in there, you've got the Bills at 12 to 1. You've got uh, the Ravens at 7 to 1. Even the Titans are 3 to 1. Uh, so they do like to bet that those markets. On the other side, you've got in the NFC, You've got the Cardinals at uh, even money, followed by the Bucks at two to one. Not a whole lot of value there with the Packers at two fifty. So most likely, it's probably going to be one of those three. Yeah. Well, let's turn our attention, Johnny, to Week fourteen. Which games are seeing the action early on in the week? As this Lions have been out since Sunday evening. And most of the games that are they seeing the heaviest actions are the games that are later on in the day. Uh, the Chargers Giants. That game went from seven and a half to ten and a half. Um, so, you know, that one saw a lot of early action. Still seeing Chargers money today. Uh, the Bucks, although the game hasn't moved much, uh, just from three to three minus 15, that game's being bet quite heavily. That's that's uh, one of the t- three afternoon games. And then the Packers-Bears uh, game. That is a the late game. Uh, that is seeing substantial action, too. Now, that line has gone down a little from 12 and a half to 11 and a half. There was some early Bears money, but there's also some Packers money coming back now. Yeah, no, it seems like that Giants game with the news of Daniel Jones. It doesn't. We don't know how long he's going to be out at quarterback. There it could be Jake Fromm, who's never started an NFL game, so that could be bad news for Big Blue coming up 
later this Sunday afternoon. The Steelers and the Vikings is a Thursday night game, and it's interesting that's hovering around that key number of three, seeing a lot of three-and-a-halves or three minus 120. What are you guys seeing behind the window in this game that's going to be kicking off here in about two days? Uh, there's no more hovering. We are at three. We are at three flat, minus 110 both sides. Um, we did open that game four. Uh, we, we were sitting at three-and-a-half for a while, but uh, the, the players will have no – no more three and a halfs out there for us anyway. Uh, they got us. They got us all the way down to three. Now, you know, I don't know how much the money's going to come back on the Vikings. Maybe we get, you know, some two way at this number, but I, I don't know if there's anybody going to be rushing to the window to bet the Vikings. Yeah, it's a team. I mean, they lost to the Detroit Lions, giving Dan Campbell his first win as an NFL head coach. Dallas and Washington really fascinates me because this game opened up Dallas minus five at DraftKings right now. The Cowboys down to three and a half point favorites with a total of 48. Now the Cowboys all season overall have been covering machines, but now Washington riding this four game win streak and all of a sudden nobody wants anything to do with Dallas. What are you guys seeing behind the window? Well, you know, these two teams have been playing each other for a very, very long time, even with, you know, a division alignment and everything else has taken place. These two have been staples against playing against each other. Uh, and normally when these two played, it was always around a three-point game, regardless of how the season was going. Uh, but we opened this one four and a half Dallas because, you know, of they seem to be a better team. But this game is now across the four down to three and a half. Uh, and early to players like this Washington football team, who was playing much better, the defense is playing what the expectations were uh, early in the season. So it's been Washington up to this point. Yeah, that's fascinating. Do you think that line hits three, Johnny? Could. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. It could, though. Wow. Imagine that. Just even a month ago, thinking that Dallas would only be laying three at the Washington football team. Here, Johnny, about 30 seconds left. Saints and the Jets, not the sexiest matchup on paper, but we've seen a lot of line movement as the market is backing gang green. What's your read on that? Yeah, when it comes to sexy, this certainly isn't it. Uh, you know, this this game will probably handle the least amount of money this week. Um, and uh, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing early jet money. I don't know when I, when I say that you'll probably shake your head. Why? But the Saints just aren't playing well, uh, and the Jets aren't a good team. So you know, if you can get the Jets with over a field goal, and this is much higher than over a field goal, with six and a half the opener. Uh, well, you know, why not take a chance with them? Yeah, why not? Or maybe just pass the game. <laughs> maybe that's an option or as pass, well. Or pass the game. <laughs> the exactly. And the Jets. He is Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director here joining us on My Guys in the Desert. Appreciate you, Johnny, and best of luck the rest of the week. Thank you, Femi. Same to you. All right. Appreciate that. On the other side, Adam Kramer, VEASAN's own college football writer, will join us as we discuss all things college football playoff. And, of course, week 15, the island game, Army-Navy, one of the best rivalries in all of college football. We'll break it down on the other side. It is My Guys in the Desert on VEASAN, the sports betting network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, LA, and now New York. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. It is the final segment here of My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino out in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe filling in for Stormy Bonantoni. She'll be back tomorrow afternoon. Well, joining us now on the show is VEASAN's own college football writer, Adam Kramer. You can find him on Twitter at Kegs and Eggs. That's Kegs, the letter N, and Eggs. Adam, appreciate you joining us here. Let's talk a little college football playoff. We'll talk some Army-Navy. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, I want to start with the playoff, and I want to start with the Cotton Bowl. Cincinnati taking on Alabama. First time we've seen a group of five team in the playoff. How much do you factor that into maybe, I don't know if it's pressure or maybe it's relief that they've finally made the playoff, but how much does that factor into your handicap when attacking this game between the Bearcats and the Crimson Tide? 
Not, you know, not a lot. Like when I look at kind of the, the dissecting of this game, you know, Cincinnati's a game team. They played Georgia last year in the bowl game. They, they should have won that game, um, but physically held up. And to me, I'm not worried so much about the pressure. And sure, you're going up against a team that's pretty seasoned. But to be quite honest, you've got a lot of youth and you've got a lot of new, new, new faces. And Nick Saban has kind of talked about the identity of the Alabama team trying to find it. And I, I agree with that. If you watch them, the ups and downs have been there. I think the biggest question for me is, you know, Cincinnati has NFL players. They've got NFL players at quarterback, at running back. They've got a great corner. Like at key positions, they've got players that stack up and match up with Alabama. The issue is when you start to size up these rosters. I remember when Clemson played Alabama in the first, you know, first time I went to that national championship game and standing on the sidelines, like the difference in size was staggering. Now Clemson still overcame that in a lot of regard, but not, it's not the easiest thing to do. So physically the, the backups and everything everywhere else, that's where the difference I think is going to be with Cincinnati. And that's the part to me that's most concerning is can they hang in, for the long haul with an Alabama team physically, that's probably going to overwhelm them, at least in a lot of places. Yeah, no, this game right now, the total is 58. The line right now, Bama favored by 13 and a half in the Cotton Bowl down there in Arlington, Texas, where I'm sure there'll be plenty of Crimson Tide fans. Do you think that Cincinnati can keep this game close, in your opinion? There, I mean, the line right now, 13 and a half, indicating that Bama is nearly two touchdowns better on a neutral. How do you see this one kind of playing out? You know, we're going to dive into it a bit more, but right now, yeah, I, I, I think they can. Now, here's the problem. Alabama's a little Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I watched the Iron Bowl, and, and people will say, oh, the Iron Bowl, you know, Alabama you know, should have lost that game. It's true. But if you watched LSU and you watched Arkansas, Alabama had issues defensively, and Alabama had issues with their offensive line. And all of a sudden, like, <laughs> those issues went away, right? I mean, for a game, Alabama was pristine. Will that carry over? That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna find out. So on the surface, yes, I think Cincinnati can hang. But as we dive deep into this, you like dive in position by position. Obviously, that opinion can change before we get there. Yeah, real quick, do you think Cincinnati has any edges? I'm trying. I'm struggling to see where they might have the advantage on Alabama in any position group. Do you think there's a one that really stands out in your opinion? No, no, not but not like overall. But they've got some dudes. Like they've yeah. got some dudes. But collectively speaking. No, there's not an edge. Running back, I think it's pretty close um, because that is a position for Alabama this year that's good, and we'll see. Obviously, Brian Robinson's been banged up. That hasn't helped them much. Getting him healthy, I think Alabama has the advantage pretty much across the gamut. We're speaking with Adam Kramer, the VEASAN's college football writer. Georgia and Michigan doing battle in the Orange Bowl. The Bulldogs, seven and a half point favorites with a total of 43 and a half, and it feels like all year long we've just been criminally underrating this Michigan team. I'm looking at my notes right now, 11 and two against the spread this season. That's best in the country. They're now getting more than a touchdown. Are we underrating them again in this spot in the orange bowl? I hope not. Like I I'll tell you this. I haven't been underrating them. I, I, I thought they've been phenomenal outside of basically a half of play. Right. I mean, that that's it against Michigan state. They had a blip of about 12 minutes where things just kind of came undone, but they've been superb. And you talk about, like, this is a, and I mean it in the best possible way, this is a car crash of a football game, right? <laughs> in terms of line play, defensive line play, if you're into that, like, this is a scout stream. So I think the unique part about this is, while Michigan hasn't necessarily looked like the most dynamic offense, look, their OC just won the Broyles Award today. You know, for the best assistant in the country, Josh Gaddis, and you look at how that group has evolved, 
play calling against Ohio State was great. Play calling against Iowa was great, although I don't know. I think you and I could probably call the plays there, and they would have <laughs> been fine. Um, I think that offense has gotten a lot more potent, and I think they've got better skill position players than we think. And then, look, the biggest thing here on the flip side is, like, does Georgia have a quarterback controversy? I think they should. Uh, you got a five-star kid in JT Daniels that's sitting on the bench that, that to me, coming into the season, clearly is the better option. Bennett looked shook. There's no other way to put it against Alabama. He looked shook. He's played well in spots, but I thought really we saw a much different play in the spotlight. I am curious to see over the course of the next couple of weeks how that conversation evolves because I really do think that's something that Georgia has to consider. Yeah, you almost wonder if we see kind of like a Tua Hurts situation that we saw in that national title game where maybe nope. Stetson Bennett gets benched and they go to JT Daniels, which it's a, it's a whole situation that could unfold. Obviously, they're favoring the game, so the market expects them to win the game. There, I want to go back to Michigan, though. What is it that you think clicked for them this season? Because, I mean, Josh Gaddis has been in place at Ann Arbor. We've been hearing about him for a few years now. Harbaugh obviously has been there for a while. Was it just time that they needed time to kind of get this thing rolling? Or what was the difference this year as opposed to years past? Stability at quarterback, I think, helps a lot. When you think of how much they've gone through QPs, they've played multiple QBs. But guess what? They're playing McNamara and one of the top quarterback recruits in the country, McCarthy. And both of them had assumed roles. One of them came in, sort of ran, was, was assigned the run plays, which is like classic old school Harbaugh. And the, the break just kind of worked. So. Look, they've had injuries at wide receiver. They've got great, I think, a couple of things. Quarterback for one, and then these running backs are unbelievable. The line is really good. The running backs are great. This hasn't been, you know, Michigan hasn't had, like, that Lane Kiffin at Alabama evolution on offense, right? Like, mm-hmm. the whole like the whole makeup didn't suddenly change. I think they've gotten more creative. I think it's evolved a bit, sure. But this is still a Harbaugh coach team. I think when they do what they do really well, like Ohio State, like, let's be honest. They just ran it right over them. And when they can do that and they can physically just dominate you like they did, and then also rush the passer consistently like they have, they've got two huge, great ends. That's the formula. I think to your point, kind of the original question, they just did it better and they did it in the moments they absolutely had to, specifically Ohio State, right? Because without that, the narrative doesn't change. Think of how different things are now that they actually got over that, slayed the dragon and slayed it in such an emphatic way. Yeah, no, they looked really impressive against Ohio State and, of course, the performance against Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Adam, we got a couple minutes left. I want to get your thoughts on the Army-Navy game here, but real quick here, I'm looking at the national titles futures market. Alabama's plus 120, Georgia plus 140, Michigan 7-1, to Cincinnati 16-1. to Do you see any possible value in betting into that national titles futures market as we approach the playoff on New Year's Eve? Well, look, I'm still sitting on my, my, my Georgia 650 plus 650 ticket from before the season. I've been banging that drum all year long here at Decent, and I'm, I'm just going to sit on it. I do think Michigan is pretty interesting, though, and yeah. it's really difficult to handicap momentum. It's not a thing that you really want to lean on, and I, I, w- I don't want to come on here and say, well, Michigan has the momentum, they're going to win, but there <laughs> is something to be said about confidence and the way that they're trending, not just emotionally, but physically. So that's an interesting spot. I think Cincinnati would be a tough one to overcome. So to me personally, I think I was on Georgia a long time. I, I think they still have the talent, obviously, to win two football games and get another crack at Alabama. That game just kind of seemed to roll downhill. Uh, that's probably where I'd go. I think Michigan, though, is an interesting one, even with Georgia coming up and obviously being more than a touchdown dog. 
All right, Adam, real quickly here in about 30 seconds. Army, Navy, Army's seven and a half point favorites, total 34. The under is hitting 15 straight years. Are we just hammering the under, or is there value elsewhere? You know, I kind of like Navy. I, 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 yes, I like the under, and that under, though, is, is, that's a grotesque under. But I like Navy. They've covered the spread well, really over the past month plus. The, the record has been bad, but the schedule has been pretty brutal. When you look at Notre Dame and Cincinnati, even East Carolina, they were really game against a team that I like. So I kind of like Navy in the points. And, yeah, you're right. The under in this game, the clock's going to be moving the whole time. That feels pretty good as well. And, of course, Adam, you will have a full preview on that game in Point Spread Weekly, the Week 15 edition here in College Football. He is Adam Kramer, our VEASAN College Football writer. Adam, appreciate you joining us, bud. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Well, the VEASAN Bowl betting guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All right, that wraps up the show here. Thank you to Adam Kramer, our college football writer here at VEASAN. Thank you to Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Sportsbook Director. Thank you to Ariel Epstein, a.k.a. the Prop Queen, Yahoo Sportsbook Betting Analysis. And, of course, thank you to Trey Wingo, Caesar Sportsbook Ambassador. Coming up next, the Rush Hour with Danny Burke here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.